this evening. Woo! Everybody get something to eat if you wanted it, hopefully. Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, We're full of Valentine's candy. Valentine's candy. Got sugar buzz going on. Yeah. Well, there's a Brian coming through the door. You can shut those doors for us if you want there, Brian. We're just using the praise notebooks tonight. Yes, the praise book. Hello, Brother Brian.
Do you like 
when that happens, uh, that'll be over with. You'll enjoy the ride. Amen. 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 I'm be scared of heights. Don't be scared of heights no more. All right. Well, let's raise your hand and get a prayer card if you want one. And the onliners, get those requests in from bbfohioprotonmail.com. And we pray offline for privacy's sake. Sounding back there. Thank you very much. All right. Cameras all zoomed in. Ready? We'll be in Micah chapter 3. Pick up verse 8 where we left off last week. Ask you to hold your question and comments after I say this. We're not going to say much about the shooting in Kansas City. Jim, though, said the update is up to how many? 22 shots. 22. Wow. One dead. And um, I saw video of the people they were arresting, and I told Jim they kind of look like uh, gangbangers. So we'll find out more about it uh, later. Most of what you hear the first day or two even is, you know, subject to change most likely. And uh, our motto is, Proverbs 18, 13, he that answereth the matter before he heareth it is folly and shame unto him. So we try to get the facts before we comment on current events. And so here's your update. Number one, Israel at war, 2-14-24, day 130, 100 hostages remain alive in Gaza, according to official Israeli sources. Now... I think that may change this week sometime because they were saying 136. They were telling us as many as 50 or 52 are not no longer you know no longer living. And my math is a little rusty, but I think that would take us below that 100 mark. So we'll just say 100 for now. We'll see what happens. But Netanyahu, who's the prime minister of uh, Israel, for those of you who don't know, uh, that they have a parliamentary system similar to what England has and. The president is actually not the man in charge of their executive branch. It's uh, the prime minister. And the prime minister, Netanyahu, says he's refusing to deal with murderers who set their own terms. So that's why right now Israel is not cooperating with the uh, negotiations because Hamas is demanding Israel do what they want, and it's not going to work. Um, that's what he says there in this story from I-24 News. He refuses to send a delegation to Cairo where those negotiations are taking place. He says, quote, only a change in Hamas position will allow progress in the negotiations. Yeah. So as we're, uh, Jim and I were talking, I, I'll repeat what I said to him. 
and that is number one uh, they complain about the civilians being killed and they you know what side they're on because they rarely mention the fact that Hamas is using civilians as a human shield that's why they're being killed civilians are being killed because Hamas hides in hospitals schools daycares and homes the other thing is you still have our hostages give those hostages back then we'll talk but uh, that's where it stands Israel also continues to fight on its northern border with uh, not Lebanon technically but it is in Lebanon where Hezbollah is firing rockets and killing people and so today uh, IDF strikes Hezbollah Radwan forces uh, infrastructure in southern Lebanon. Well, southern Lebanon is the north of uh, Israel. Now, here's how the anti-Israel news media continues to report. Children. First word. Children among four people killed in Israeli strikes on Lebanon. Look at even the small print. Israel says it was responding after a woman died and eight other people were injured in a rocket attack launched from inside Lebanon. I mean, just think about how slanted, what a spin that is. I mean, if that was in England, where Sky News, I believe, it, this is Sky News in the England branch. They have one in Australia, I believe, too. But it is say that uh, Spain started shooting rockets over into Brit the British Isle and started killing people. That's not how it would be reported. The first thing they would say when Britain fired back, it wouldn't say children were killed. And Britain says it's because Spain is firing rockets and killing Britons. Yeah. They got, you know, it's just ridiculously dumb and evil. And the uh, regional map remains hot. We showed you this uh, Sunday. Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Iran are all threatening to get involved. And so that's why we have the little question marks and lights over there. And then the places where you see the flames is where there's fighting going on right now. So we'll just keep an eye on it and uh, keep praying about it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, number two, I want to make mention of this. Today is Ash Wednesday. I know for most of you pagans, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, for other pagans, it's Ash Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, it's not as big a deal as people make it sometimes, but it is, it's kind of a big deal in a sense, though. Not for the reasons a lot of people make it. Um, the unbiblical exhibitionism of unbiblical Catholicism and Protestantism, that's the problem with it. You know, um, the... Well, here's a, here's a congressman standing and as he was closing his <laughs> remarks today. And so I, some of you are unaware of this, which means to me you, uh, you, know, you don't get out much. But if you're around Catholics, you yeah. had to have seen this. So Catholics go to Mass on Ash Wednesday, but so do Lutherans, Episcopalians, Anglicans, and other groups. Even the churches of the Nazarene and other Baptist groups are doing this stuff now. And the whole ecumenical thing. So they go and they either mass or Lord's Supper or whatever, communion, whatever's going on in that particular church. And then the priest, in quotes, because there's no such thing in the New Testament, or the um, pastor or whoever, then takes from ashes 
and takes and makes a cross on the person's forehead. Now, the funny thing is, is that I've joked about it, some of these guys uh, fat finger it <laughs> because when they get done, it just looks like a smudge. <laughs> but this guy, man, his priest or pastor, he's a pro. I mean, that looks like a cross, right? Uh, sadly, sometimes people get those things that looks like an upside-down cross. You seen that? <laughs> but here's the problem, really the biggest problem with it, is that they're doing this work to be seen of men. The whole purpose of walking around is so everybody's going to look at you and then, you know, what's, what's, you know, or some people will say, well, what's that about? But others like Jenny and Darren, they'll go up and try to wipe it off for you. <laughs> <laughs> they both have stories they can tell. But Matthew 6, 1, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So whatever reward they expect to get, they're getting it right now. They're not going to get anything from God. Not for, only for that, but that goes for any things we do for the Lord. We don't, you know, announce it to everybody. Amen. You know, that you get your reward when everybody talks and brags about you. You know how wonderful you are. But for more information on the whole Ash Wednesday thing, that was today's devotional. Some of you heard it. And a little five-minute devotional we discussed Ash Wednesday. So you can check that out. And finally, number three, spiritual deception via the occult, recreational drugs, meditation, etc. We talked about how that's a major part of the end time apostasy, the end time scenario. Um, I don't know what's there. Where is it? Something? I don't know why I got accidentally got an extra slide in there. But we're just talking about conservatives. I'm not even going to talk about the liberals, leftists, you know, those kind of things. This is among conservatives. For I'm going to show you an example of this. That's why I tell people, anytime I quote somebody or use a clip from somebody, it's not necessarily an endorsement of everything that person does. I've shown you quotes from people like Stu Peters, because on COVID, you know, he had some good information. But he's a... A lunatic who hates Israel. So that's why you haven't seen me use him anytime recently because it's one thing to be not as pro-Israel as I'd like you to be, but it's another thing to be totally whack job like Stu. But this is a guy that you've heard me quote a few times over the years. His name is Alex Jones. Now listen to this. My mother never gets involved in the politics. She's a Christian a historian really smart person and she's just very private but my mother for three years has told me they're going to assassinate biden at to bring in martial law because the spirit has told her and she's been very very direct about it what spirit and, and my mother is dialed in and does have the touch but you can politically see all this and know that's in the cards Especially now because Biden's refusing to step down. And there's a lot of kooky psychics on TV and gypsy wagons on the side of the road. My, my mother and, and her grandmother were not like that. But I'll just tell you something. Never been told before on air. My mother's grandmother in Dallas, Texas, was an extremely famous psychic secretly with the establishment. And was, was one of the advised presidents, you name it. And she was psychic. I mean, extremely, okay? And my mother is extremely psychic. 
And let's just say I got a little of that. But I don't just need that. I can politically see it all. And then, then, then the Holy Spirit's what it is. Tells you the rest of what's going to happen. But she has had dreams and has been upset for three years. Has grabbed me by the arm and said, you got to tell them they're going to kill Biden right before the election. Now, is that going to happen with uh, Biden? I, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but, okay, after she's wrong about that, will people stop listening to her? Probably not. <laughs> people don't. But we're talking about it in our Deuteronomy studies. It's an office study we're doing. Deuteronomy 13, we'll talk about it again in Deuteronomy 18. The Bible's clear when it comes to people predicting the future. If they get it wrong, they're not of God. Amen. They have to be 100% or they're not of God. The other thing is, though, a psychic isn't a prophet. A psychic is what the Bible says, someone who has a familiar spirit. They are tapping into the occultic, satanic side. And see, people like Alex Jones, because I don't believe he's ever truly been born again, when he talks about being a Christian, it's he, he'll, he'll sound good sometimes, and then you're like, wait a minute, that's not something that Christian believes. And uh, then... You know, you hear this, and you're like, wow, what is wrong with him? Well, if you're unsaved, the Bible says the truths of God's Word are spiritually discerned. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand what you're reading. And if you're unteachable, you won't let people teach you. That's another problem. Now, a psychic is not getting from God's Spirit. They're getting it from a foul spirit. And so he even claims to have somewhat of that same gift himself. And so that's why I've told people before, anytime these guys, any of these guys, just take it, you know, you can test it, but at face value, take it from me as your pastor. When any of these guys start talking about the Bible, turn them off. Yeah. I don't care who they are, any of these guys. I like some of them otherwise, but when they start talking about the Bible, they're blind. And so um, there's right now widespread usage and promotion of uh, ayahuasca uh, ayahuasca it's uh, otherwise known as DMT because it has DMT in it but DMT is an hallucinogen and uh, this guy is was really a big thing back in like 2016 um, but he's come out he, he uh, is, is one of those that isn't really anti-Israel blatantly, but he's constantly criticizing Israel and uh, speaking out against uh, Israel's war now in Gaza. Well, you know what? When you're spiritually deceived, you're going to be against Israel. And so here's this guy, Michael Cernovich. Is there a conservative case for psychedelics? <laughs> well, the religious one I'll punt on because I know with the... The orthodoxy and the theology, not even the theology, but it would be more like what they say, because I have a different perspective. So I would say before ayahuasca, I didn't believe in God uh, at all. You can't see God, um, total hedonist, didn't believe in anything, um, you know, didn't believe in like committing crimes or whatever, but I didn't particularly think through my actions or the consequences of it or how people might perceive it. I figured out ah, if you got hurt, you know, like emotionally, right, if like your feelings got hurt, then like, how's that my problem? You know, you're an adult, your feelings got hurt. So I would, you know, I can call you whatever names on Twitter. Or make no whatever. empathy, really. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, I'm sure God is real. <laughs> like, 
hundred percent God's Why? real. Why? What was it about the experience that made you so sure that God was real? I mean, meeting, you know, meeting God. What meeting. Made, wait a minute. You feel like you met God while you were on ayahuasca. Explain oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, both in a feeling and then a visual. Do you see a face? Yeah. It was like a, like father time or something. It would be like, it would be like what you would imagine a wise old man to be. Probably in whatever tradition or culture you grew up in, that would it be. But it's just like a wise old man just sitting there, you know, or kind of less sitting and more like suspended in the animation. And was just like looking at all these stars and was saying, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Would you consider ayahuasca to be a new age thing? Yeah, that's the, you know, because I read a lot of Orthodox Christian readings and I, you know, listen to a lot of church stuff and they would talk about like ecumenicalism and, um, you know, the idea that you can blend all religions together and why there's heresy and that, in, you know, any of these substances are, the, the, I think the Catholic Church calls it like pharmakeia or something. It's like P-H-A-R-M-A-K-I-A. And they talk about why they think that's a sin and they think it's like new agey. Yeah, I don't know what New Age is. A lot of New Age is just borrowing stuff from Eastern spiritual traditions that have existed, you know, that billions of people have practiced it for, you know, any number of years. So if you listen to what he's saying, you'll find this. You talk to these guys, they get on these psychedelics, and they know the truth, but they reject it. I've talked about Bill Hicks, the comedian, George Carlin, the comedian, you know, all these guys, they are willfully deceived and some of them like Carlin and Hicks claimed that uh, didn't believe in God at all but then they believed in something and then it was like the whole pantheistic thing of all is one and one is all we're all part of the universe the universe is in us and we're in the universe you know that's where you ever hear anybody talk about it say you are stardust that's part of that whole thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're all part of the universe, and the universe is in us. And when you die, you just go back to being part of the universe physically. And then your spirit goes somewhere, but we don't know for sure where. That's the kind of stuff you hear. I'm telling you that these conservatives are into this stuff. And then you have people like the Glenn Becks and the uh, uh, Jesse Waters and, you know, all these guys that are well-known conservatives. They're not Christians and I throw Alex Jones in that group too. They're not Christians. They may even call themselves Christian. But they're not Bible Christians. And they're open to this stuff. They basically say, well, I'm not doing it. But I can see how you know, it can attract you to want to do it. Other heroes of the right have satanic sources for their wisdom. And you're seeing this more and more. This is Joe Rogan. And I checked, and I'm pretty sure there's no bad language here, so let's give it a try. And John Marco, Marco Allegro wrote this book called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. It's a very interesting book. And then he wrote another book called, um, I think that book, what was it? Oh, God, this, The Dead Sea Scrolls and the Christian Myth is his, his other book Christian that he wrote myth. about it. But it's interesting. And I, I, what, what, Joe, what was your experience of God in... in, in uh, when you, you were, you know, using those substances. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm j kind of joking around when I said it's God. What, what it seems like is the root of everything. Like when when you have these experiences, they're so they're so profound and so transformatory. 
they're, they're so transformational. They, they, they have this impact on you where you enter into a realm of the impossible and it's so easy to get to. It just doesn't take that long and then all of a sudden you're there, especially through things like uh, dimethyltryptamine, which is also endogenous in the human brain. If you can take that, you will be transported into a realm of impossible beauty, of geometric patterns that move and dance in front of you and you're confronted with some sort of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Some sort of intelligence that's beyond anything you could possibly comprehend in our material realm. I don't know what it is, no one knows what it is. People have, uh, they think it's a well of souls, they think it's an encounter with God, they think it's aliens, they think it's so many different things. But there's, um, there's a, 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 a university in, I believe it's in London, that Graham Hancock was talking about, where they're doing a, they're, they're, they're putting these people on an IV drip of dimethyltryptamine. Dimethyltryptamine is a, is a very, very potent psychedelic, but the body brings it back to baseline very quickly because it's endogenous in the human body. It's one of the, the quickest drugs from the initial breakthrough experiences, which is insanely profound, to 15 minutes later, you're completely sober. It's very, very quick. Mm -hmm. And these people that are having these experiences, they're mapping out these experiences in this very new and profound way, where they're saying there, there might be some sort of chemical portal in the mind that can be activated through these psychedelic chemicals. And then you experience or perceive uh, sort of transcendent beauty or uh, overwhelming hmm. in in a way that it's not this is not like you know sitting in a field and feeling love this is just an, an overwhelming thing that feels more real than reality itself and it seems like you're kind of dipping your toe also into this infinite realm and when when you're experiencing you, you almost feel like you're in the waiting room mm -hmm. like you can't really handle the whole thing you are you're in the waiting room when you take that stuff, you're not in any real sense in the presence of God. And once on the other side of the door, when he leaves the waiting room, and in hell, he lifts up his eyes being tormented. They, they, they admit to you that when they take that DMT stuff, they're on the edge of death. And a lot of them do die. And the, the latest report on this, if you go on the internet, is about a 19-year-old boy named Henry over in Great Britain who took this stuff and died. And he probably went right through that whole experience thinking it was awesome. Oh, this is amazing. This is... Bam. It's just... It, Satan is out to kill and destroy. <laughs> and if he can do it that way, that's what he's going to do it. Joe and every other right-wing hero must choose Jesus' payment for their sin or the flames. No shortcuts, no pills, no mushrooms, nothing like that. You either turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin based on his shed blood and death on the cross and the power of his resurrection, or you're choosing to walk through that waiting room door right into hell. And that's what's going on. You know. That's why we put that up, I think it was a week or two ago. You know, that's the cho that's the only choice. Mm -hmm. Anything else is deception. Yeah. So when people talk about these experiences and everything, it's deception. 
That's all there is to it right there. Be informed, pray, and act accordingly. Mark? Yeah, the scripture that I remember, can't remember the exact one, but um, Satan does disguise himself as an angel. As an angel of light. Yeah. yeah. They think that because they see something that's pretty and beautiful and everything, it's of God, but it is of a God, but not, it's the God of this world deceiving you. Know, mm -hmm. You know what? That Joe Rogan has so many followers. Yeah. How many people went out and got the or going to do those drugs because of what he said? You go to his videos and you'll see people in the chats and everything talking about how because of what they've heard him say, they've gone out and started doing this stuff. He's an evangelist, whether he claims to be or not. Yeah, you're going to say something. Mark stole your thunder. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to basically come out on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, amen. Well, and by the way, I know some of you may, <coughs> I hope you're not, but there might be one or two you sit and think, well, I'll never get into that. I'll never. It's not about you, so stop being so self-centered. This is about you being able to talk to other people about it. You are surrounded by people getting sucked into that. Yeah. Brian? I'm sorry, I don't believe a word Joe Rogan says about this psychedelic stuff. I've worked in emergency room <coughs> Kind of things and come in and are hallucinating stuff, they all end up on ventilators or sedated because they can't handle what they're taking. Well, there is, I mean, I'm not arguing against what you're saying, but yeah. Brian, there are a lot of people who do this and they don't have those experiences. Mm -hmm. The ones that you see are probably the better off because they right. realize it's bad stuff. Yeah. And he, in another interview, talked about how he, he's known people who took this stuff and had bad trips and even died. But he never talks about that, but he, he admitted it in an interview he was talking about. But that's the thing is there are just enough people who come back saying, oh, wow, it was a wonderful experience. That and, time. Yeah, that time. That yeah. time. You never know when that next that next one will be the last one. Mm -hmm. Jenny, did you have your hand up? Um, I, I think I did. I was going to mention that I've got, like I know people where they took drugs, not necessarily these drugs, but they took drugs and then they ended up like with mental illnesses. Yes, that's so, another thing. If you look it up online in the medical sites, they'll, they'll warn you that a lot of people, that's the thing that trips them. Well, that can happen with any substance abuse, but when you make it a DMT or a shroom, you, you've really put it in high gear. I remember we saw that movie with James Wood that plays that guy. Yeah, there's James Wood and John, uh, uh, James Garner, who played Rockford Five on the Rockford yeah, but he and Maverick. It's about a guy that had... Really good movie. Yeah, schizophrenia, but had, after some drug experience, yeah. this messed up the rest of his life. It's actually a Hallmark movie back in the 80s, but it's a really good movie. Wasn't it based What's it on called? I'm trying to think what it was called. I can't remember. You can look it up. James Wood and, John, uh, and Jim Rockford. I don't think they did very many movies together. You might find it there. Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, let's get into our study now in Micah 3. And I'll pick up where we left off in verse 8. Brother Mark, would you have the boss take the prayer, please? Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day we had. And pray for this Bible study tonight. And another good message to Pastor Gray to further inform us of what we need to do. And I hope that the message out 
Father, but is not the Lord among us. We'll see that as we go through. But we left off our previous study with point three, and I'm going to pick up there in verse seven before we get into eight through twelve. Just because it was, we read it, we talked about it, but I want to review something. We were going to discuss the living dead. And so let's read verse 8, or verse uh, 7, I'm sorry, I meant to change that to verse 7. Read verse 7 with me. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. And we talked about how that there is no answer of God to these apostates. The, uh, we saw, we know that for 400 years between the time of the Babylonian ca captivity, there were some prophets around, but about 400 years before Christ, there were no prophets. There was no prophecy, legitimate prophecy being given. And then after Jesus came the apostles, but by 110 AD, they're dead. The book of Revelation is the last book given to us. And after that, the office of prophet has not existed in a legitimate form. So today, when you hear anybody calling themselves to be an apostle or a prophet, they're deceived and they're trying to deceive you. Now, I believe that we'll have 144,000 prophets during the uh, time of tribulation. Revelation 7 tells us about those uh, Jews, but uh, we don't have time to get into all that. You've heard that before, some of you. But uh, verse 7, we left off where it says there are people physically alive but handed over by God who will not hear their call. God won't hear them when they call. In the sense, of course God hears everything. But there's hearing and then there's hearing. The Bible says, he that hath an ear to hear. In other words, uh, you know, he's not talking to people who had their ears chopped off and their eardrums blown up or anything. They have ears. But do you have ears to hear? That's the question. Same thing's true about God. You take an unsaved person, God waits to hear them, call on him, for salvation. Now, I believe God, it, there's nothing in the Bible that says God will never answer the prayer of an unsaved person. But it would be a rare thing, and it would probably be something like, Oh, Lord, help me. I believe in you. Show me the way. You know, that kind of thing. And God might show his hand in their life in a way they can recognize, and then they that'll be part of what he does to lead them to knowledge of the gospel so that they can be saved. Uh, the story of this guy who was said he, he was unsaved, and he was calling out to God. He could see in creation. He had heard stories about missionaries. And so he started praying and asking God to help him get a job so he could get some money so that he could travel to where the missionaries were. And God did. So there's God answering prayer for, I guarantee you, Satan didn't answer that prayer. And so, but it's, again, very localized in the sense that it had something to do with God saving them because they're seeking after him. Otherwise, God's listening for the sinner to repent and uh, uh, ask for forgiveness from his heart, uh, receive the gospel. But then there are people who are unsaved. And I believe, in a way, it can even happen to a Christian. A Christian can reach a point where instead of God not hearing them, he just kills them. We've talked about that before. Uh, him shall God destroy. First Corinthians 3, 16, 17, teach that. Um, but then there's the unbeliever who, evangelicals, we've all been taught this, so we don't do it on purpose, but we lie to people. We tell them that right up to their last breath, they can call on God to be saved. That's not really true. It could be for some, but for others, 
God could cut them off way before they take their last breath. And we've seen it. Uh, but let's read a passage before we get into that. Proverbs chapter 1. And we've read this a few months ago. Uh, but come back to it. Proverbs chapter 1 verses 23 through 28. And this is somebody that God has worked with and worked on and convicted and dealt with. And they just keep saying no, no, no. Now, we don't know why, but sometimes God will cut them off even before they're dead and gone. But a lot of times, I think, if you read, we'll see it in, uh, I think I've got Romans 1 in there, but you'll see that it has a lot to do with how far gone they are in their wickedness. And so some people just keep saying no, 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 but they don't really turn against God fully into wickedness. And so God keeps working on them, and there have been deathbed conversions. And, of course, the thief on the cross is an example of that. But verse 20, uh, I have 23, it says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That's what God wants to do to every man, woman, who ever lives. That's his will. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But then there are those who he says in verse 24, Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded but ye have said it not all my counsel, all, and would none of my reproof. This is an extreme case. What's it say in verses 26 through 28? Read with me. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer you. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. That says what it says. And that's talking about people who are still alive and breathing. Uh, in the Bible, I believe we have some examples of that. I believe Cain, before, way before he's dead. Nabal. Now, it may have been just about 24 hours. We don't I don't know what point God handed him over, but he seemed to be handed over from the very beginning of the account that you read. And if you're not familiar with that, get, start reading your Bible. The third one is Judas. It was sometime before the crucifixion that Jesus says, I have chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. I think by that point, Judas had totally been given over. He was, and he still stuck around to do his work. And then after he even confessed, he knew he had innocent blood on his hands, but instead of repenting and turning to God, he goes out and commits suicide. Yes. I skipped a bunch here. There's others we can throw in there, but think about this. Every person who takes the mark of the beast falls in this category. Once you take that mark during the tribulation period, you're damned eternally, even though you may have, who knows, Five years to live, two and a half years to live, according to when they take the mark. For whatever time they remain alive, if they're alive to the second coming when Jesus comes and destroys and takes all those with the mark and throws them in a lake of fire. That's something, isn't it? Yeah. They're all dead men walking. I just want to mention this. It's just a many commentaries skip this proverb. In, uh, of this verse in Proverbs 1 where it says then shall they call upon me but I will not answer they shall seek me early but they shall not find me I go to the, I, I read 
commentaries uh, all the time, and you know, I like to compare my own uh, views, and sometimes they'll bring out something that I haven't uh, thought of. Other times I'm just like, what? <laughs> but you know, you got to use discernment. And that's why I don't recommend them to everybody because some people just can't handle that kind of a, you know, you got to really be discerning. You have to be careful with that. But it's no different than listening to somebody talk to you, whether you're reading a commentary or you're discussing a Bible verse with somebody. Either way, we have to be Acts 17, 11 Bereans, right? Mm -hmm. And search the scriptures daily whether those things are so. Well, uh, I'll come back to you in a second. This is just an example. Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional. No text for this verse. John Wesley's notes, you know, I quote him a lot. He only commented on one ver word in the verse, early. <laughs> wow. uh, then uh, this guy named Gray is a good commentator. No gray text for this verse. And I, I just want to say this. I think the reason why isn't, I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to put myself on the pedestal and put these men down below me because they're not. What I'm saying is, I think sometimes even some of the great men that we respect are so conditioned by isms, like, you know, truisms, we call them, that then they are shocked by the, what they read in the Bible and they just kind of back off and say, I don't think I'll touch that. Because over and over, how many of you heard? You can be saved right up to your last heartbeat, your last breath. Mm -hmm. Well, if you haven't been handed over, that's true. But some people are handed over. We know that. The text says so. Johnny, what do you want to ask? I just, um, is, is there a chance that this is referring to the idea of it, to where it's sort of a they got caught moment? In other words, they're calling out because they don't like the punishment, but not because they're actually repenting? Could that be that at least cover some of this, maybe? Uh, explain what you mean. I don't understand. Well, I just, in other words... He's talking about an extreme case where people have rejected his efforts, not just one time, not just one thing. And it's just, it's a, it's, he's come to his end with them. I think what you're talking about, Johnny, is they're calling out to God, but they're really not sincere. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. If, if, well, it doesn't say they're not sincere. Yeah. They're calling to him sincerely only because they're in trouble, not because they're repentant, not because they believe him. Well, yeah, their heart, to, yeah. They're trying to save their skin. Yeah, that's yeah. beside the point, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to stick to the issue. Okay. The question is whether or not there are some people who reach a point where God won't even hear them when they call out. Because our, the text doesn't say anything about their heart. Well, we have to figure if they've been handed over, they probably don't have a right motive for even calling out. But, you know, that's another thing we could get into and talk for who knows how long. Because when I got saved, I'm not sure my motive was really pure even then. The only thing that made me pure was being saved. That came later. So, anyway, uh, Jessica, you had your hand up, didn't you? Well, I just, uh, Gray. That's just a person. Yeah, you don't know who he is. Yeah, but we don't need to talk about him. Why do you need to know who he is? Well, I'm just showing you examples of teachers who said they didn't have any comment. Is it Bob Gray? No, it's not. It's not Bob Gray. Jim, what you want? Well, I mean, you, you've been warning us lately about you know, casting pearl before swine. Yeah. We 
have people like this in our family, you don't know when someone's in that condition, but Sometimes I mean, you kind of get a sense for it. Yeah. So it's just, I think you still pray for them. Yeah. But boy, they just can't be the focus of your life or they're going to hate your life. Yeah. You know? And I hope everybody's got enough sense. I know Jim does that if one of those people called him up one day and say, hey, I want to talk about Jesus, he's not going to hang up on them. Heck no. And that's why I always tell them, what I'm saying is, though, you can warn them. We never make that, the Bible never tells, and I haven't said that. So don't ever add to anything I've, uh, no, I didn't say that. I'm not telling you that you make that judgment. I'm saying it's a fact. And so based on that fact, instead of telling people, oh, I know you're rejecting Jesus now, but just remember, even up to your very last breath, I'm saying what you should be saying is, you better now. be careful. Yeah. Now yeah. is the appointed time. Now yeah. is the day of salvation. Amen. So you better be careful because you're, especially when you're dealing with one of these people, he's nasty, you know, sodomite slash sodomite ally slash leftist slash woke slash whatever. Uh, yeah, most of the population today. <laughs> you know, you're dealing with him. You know what? Being the nice, fluffy kitty cat preacher, you know, may have had its day, but we're in the day where you got to look at somebody and say, listen, you are on thin ice. The Bible says people like you can go too far, and even before you're dead and gone, God will hand you over. You better watch it. You better repent before it's too late. I think that's a better response. And I'll I'll be praying for you. I love you, and I'll still be praying for you, but you better watch it. better be careful. I know some people said that to me, and I'm glad they did. Back in the 80s. God hands certain unrepentant, wicked people over. And as I said, we got Romans 1, so let's go over there real quick. Romans 1, 19 to 28. We're not going to read all those verses. That's a, the overall. Of course, verse 16 starts it off. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then he begins talking about verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Read 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Like I said, what you hear, you hear these guys. They know the truth. They just reject it. Don't you say, I know some of you people believe in this God of the Bible and you believe Jesus is the Savior and all that, but I'm just telling you, take this. And you'll see. It's kind of like the serpent in the garden, doesn't it? Thou shalt not surely die. Same spirit behind it. It says in verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See? And then uh, uh, read uh, 21 and 22 with me. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Phew. That sounds like a lot of people. And it goes on to describe their, verse 23, they turn to idolatry and paganism, pantheism. Verse 24, they turn to sex. And they turn into, uh, uh, well, 
that is a general condemnation of uh, illicit sex. Verse 25, they change the truth of God into a lie, and that's what you see then when they start they've taken over denominations, apostasy. They change the truth of God into a lie. All this is just, you can see this taking place right here in our culture today among the masses. And what's it say then? Verse 26, read that. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. We call that lesbianism. Verse 27, read that. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Of course, that's the male-on-male -male sodomites. And then now read 28. This is where we see the living dead. <laughs> read it. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's it. So I'm saying, as we, we'll move on after this, but we should stop assuring people that they can play with fire. It's a sad thing. I know guys, I was, I was in church with guys who would hear this gospel message and they'd be on the cusp of making a decision and going forward and then somebody said, Now I know some of you may not be ready to be saved tonight, but I want you to know God will always be there right up to your last heartbeat. Right up to your last breath. I want to stand up and say, and that might be the next heartbeat before you even get out of the room. But it's like they always had to soften everything up, make sure people aren't offended. I've seen that worse and worse and worse as the years go by. Warn them they may reach a point when, as our previous message says, there is no answer of God. Warn them. Love them enough to warn them. So now we pick up where we left off in Micah 3. I want to get back there. And uh, we conclude with a discussion of those who deceive themselves into believing that in spite of their sin and wickedness, is not the Lord among us? And that's what most of the people we were just talking about. A lot of them. They're pastoring churches today. They're in missions today. Do you know there are tens of thousands of missionaries around the world who don't believe the gospel. Don't believe in Jesus Christ. They just go over. To, they're do-gooders. And they don't go over to dig a well or build a house or anything. Which is great if you're preaching the gospel when you do it. Yeah. Johnny? That's um, if you, the track one, or I think it's called Flight 144. As a yeah. little story, it's exactly that. Yeah. You know, missionaries who doing good, but they knew nothing about God, really. It's a shock when you first learn about it. Then as you see it, you open your eyes to it, you realize it's so prevalent. So let's read verses 8 through 12. Read the even with me, beginning verse 8. But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, and of judgment, and of might, to declare unto Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. Hear this, I pray you, ye heads of the house of Jacob, and princes of the house of Israel, that abhor judgment, and pervert all equity, they build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. The heads thereof judge for reward, and the priests thereof teach for hire, and the prophets thereof divine for money. Yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? 
none evil can come upon us. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house and the high places of the forest. Amen. So Micah closes this portion of his immediate prophecy. He talks about his power source. Then he gives the accusation in verses 9 through 11, and then we see the consequences in verse 12. So let's look at that power verse, power source in verse 8. It says, But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Now, Micah is not bragging here, but he's giving credit where due. So notice that. And that's a good habit to get in. If anybody ever comes up and starts, you know, patting you on the head and telling you how wonderful you are, and they say, oh, I can just see God in you. Now, you, if you're, you do enough for the Lord, you'll yeah. hear that kind of thing. What do you do? You say, well, you know what? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. This is what I tell them. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I deserve hell. He's given me everything. Anything good in me you see is because of Jesus. Amen. And that's all Micah's saying here. But he's making sure that the people he's talking to understand this isn't just Micah saying this. You're hearing a message from God. You'd better pay attention. And do they? Well, of course we know not. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord that Micah has the uh, courage with the message itself. He would have never come up on his own either. Uh, Matthew Henry said, quote, The prophet experiences a divine power going along with him in his work. And he makes a solemn profession and protestation of it as that which would justify him and bear him out in his plain dealing with the princes and rulers. In other words, when someone looks at you and says, you're a hater, and all you've said is, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Then you say what Micah said. Don't get mad at me. That's not my words. Those are the words of Jesus Christ in John 14, 6. And then there's Acts 4, 12. Peter said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That didn't come from me. You hater. You, you, you just, if you're talking about the words I'm speaking, you aren't upset with me. You're upset with the author of those words. That's what Micah is saying here. And now that it's clear where the words of Micah are coming from, he then lays it out. So we need to be careful to do that. Always make sure people know you're quoting the Bible. If you don't know the exact reference, Jenny and I work on memory verses, and that's the hardest part is the references. Always remember which reference goes with the verse. It's good to learn those, though. Try. Work at that. But the most important thing is you learn the words. And you can at least tell a person, the Bible says, and if you can't remember the exact place, but you remember it's in the book of John. Or maybe you remember, it's in John 14, but you don't remember the exact, just give them the information you got, as long as they know you're getting it from God. This is the Word of God. Great preachers through the years, and we said this before, read the New Testament. Jesus and Paul, they didn't refer to chapter and verse. They said, it is written, and they'd quote. Uh, great preachers used to say, the Bible says, the Bible says, you know. Well, you can say it without screaming and punching people, but you can still say, the Bible says. <laughs> So uh, we have the accusation now, verses 9 through 11. Hear this, I pray you, ye heads of the house of Jacob and princes of the house of Israel that abhor judgment and pervert all iniquity. That is something we could say to our politicians of both parties today. 
they uh, abhor judgment and pervert all equity. Don't have enough money to protect our borders. Right now we've got a million man army of fighting age single men that have been led into this country because I believe the leaders of this country are traitors and they are trying to overthrow our government and our country as we know it. They're wicked, evil brutes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any money down to these guys up there like not just Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, you name it. Both parties, the leadership. In, now Johnson, I still hold out some hope for him. I have a little bit of uh, first-hand and uh, second-hand knowledge of his actual life that he lives in Louisiana and everything. He seems like he's a real Christian. Um, but he won't last long probably. They're already trying to hang him. But as far as, you know, Rand Paul, I'm, I'm amazed he's still, uh, you know, in, in the Senate. And uh, so anyway, that's what this, that is such a true statement in the day of Micah and in our day of corrupt leaders in the government. And it says in verse 10, uh, they build up Zion with blood. So first, I want to mention this before we move on. Look no further than Washington, D.C. and Vatican City. For examples of this type of corruption. It just happened to be a book I read. I got it from Adula Ministries. From Chris Pinto's ministry. It's called Washington in the Lap of Rome. You might notice there it was written in 1888. Which just happens to be when the new Bibles came out from uh, Westcott Horton. Written about 150 years ago. It's only gotten worse since that time. And it's not an easy read. But it was very. You know. Interesting. So then verse 10. They build up Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. I just want you to understand this. This isn't uh, even an insult. I'm not putting anybody down. This is just a fact. Israel, America, and every powerful nation on earth has been built upon blood, war, and wicked deals. All you got to do is study the history of the United States to find this out. Uh, we have slavery. The what for slavery? Uh, who knows where, how long it would have taken for our government and our country to become the economic powerhouse that it did. Um, 388,000 were imported, and then with their uh, wives and reproduction and everything, it was over 4 million souls held as slaves in this country. Wow. And a lot of them were raped, abused, murdered, and that explains why God allowed the Civil War to happen. And uh, the death toll is really unknown as far as how many died at, as a result of their treatment of being slaves. But then I mentioned the Civil War. War. War has been an integral part of the history of our country and getting us to where we became an economic powerhouse. And over the years, 1.3 million Americans have shed their blood upon which this country has been built and killed 12 million of the enemy. That's a whole lot of blood to build this country. Then there's abortion. The sin of convenience. Kill the baby so you don't have to worry about the expense and trouble of raising it. 65 million plus just since I was four years old. Then you have workers. This is the unknown soldier of the American economy. 5,000 died last year on the job. Did you know that? 
5,000 Americans were killed on the job. And there's been at least a million workers just dying, go to work and die. And a lot of times it's their carelessness, but a lot of times it's because their employer's carelessness. A lot of times it's because they don't, they're not given the right equipment, they're not trained properly, and then sometimes accidents happen. But it's still a fact that it's the blood of all these workers with all the other blood we talked about. And that doesn't even count those who were killed with medical experimentation for the sake of, you know, medicine and drugs and, you know, that kind of thing. You ever heard of Tuskegee? Uh, drugs and alcohol that have been purposely sold at huge volumes, knowing it's going to get people killed, but they get the tax money. And then you have uh, vaccines. You don't even have to talk much about that. Most of you are aware of what that's recently, anyway. You're aware of what's going on. Reckless endangerment, involuntary manslaughter, poison water, food contamination, and all these things. I mean, there's these poor women back in the, I think it was in the 30s, who got the job of painting the little glow-in-the-dark paint on the little watches they sold, and they'd take the brush with their mouth and twirl it to get a nice little uh, tip on it, and they'd dip it in that paint, and they'd do that, and they did that day in, day out, over hours and hours, and then what they were doing was looking at radiation. The glow-in-the-dark was from the uranium, and they ended up getting cancers and dying slow deaths. That's the kind of thing that's happened in this case. All that is because the powers that be didn't care enough about the workers to put in any kind of protections for them. They were told ahead of time, they were afraid that this stuff could have bad effects, and they just went ahead and had those young women doing it. So he says in verse 11, the heads thereof judge for reward. It means they're crooked. And the priests thereof teach for hire. That's crooked preachers. And the prophets thereof divine for money. Politicians, judges, and religious leaders are getting rich off the sheeple. Titus 1.11 describes it. Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. That's the typical preacher today. And then verse 11 closes. He says, Yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. They are so deceived, even though they're crooks, that they think God's pleased with them somehow. Well, the God of this world is, but not the true God. And they sincerely believe they serve the Lord. We talked about some of them in, uh, last week, but this is just the top level. There are thousands of others who are clamoring to be next to them in that collage mm -hmm. to make money and make more money and make more money and to build bigger and have more. And that's not what ministry is. Jesus came to minister. Not to be ministered unto. Not to live like a king. He spoke openly about how he didn't have a place to lay his head. These guys have three or four houses big enough to have six or seven families in them. And that's... Some of these guys are considered among some of the more respectable evangelicals. Is not the Lord among us? Answer is no. And they say none evil can come upon us. Wrong. 
there is a payday coming. Amen. And that's what Micah is warning these at his day. The people you saw on that screen, that's today's crooks. And we could have put politicians, judges, and all kinds of other people up there. But that brings us to the consequences of verse 12 as we close the chapter here. Therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house as the high places of the forest. Jump on a plane and go over and look, and that's what it looks like. There's new buildings up and everything, but anywhere you see old Israel, old Jerusalem, the old cities, that verse describes it to a T. It happened in 586 B.C. They started to rebuild, and then it happened again in 70 A.D. We talked about that last week, but it's going to happen again, Revelation 12. One more time, they will continue to reject Jesus Christ, although there will be 144,000 Jews who will be saved and they'll die as martyrs, and then there will be other Jews believed, but of all the Jews in the tribulation, two-thirds are going to perish, and that one-third remnant will still be an unbelief right up to the time Jesus comes back. And so, J. Vernon McGee says, this is a prediction that for their sins, there will be a complete desolation of the city of Jerusalem. Jeremiah quotes Micah as having said this, that's interesting, over in Jeremiah 26, 18, which is a confirmation of the prophecy. The destruction did take place when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem. In the first chapters of the book of Nehemiah, we see the significance of it. When Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem, he found it a mess. It was nothing but debris, ashes, rubble, and ruin. And of course, as I said, you'll still see that today. And this will happen, also happen to America. It's not an if, it's a when. So, can't give a real positive spin on this as far as our world we live in today. But to us, the message is, be right. Be busy. Be ready. I've talked to everyone in this room. You've all given me a profession of faith. I've baptized a few of you. So others of you have given me a solid profession of faith. I trust you've been sincere. I'm telling you, I've been sincere. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say amen? You believe amen. on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're right with God. We're ready for him to come. He says, occupy till I come. And that's how we respond to all this. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time in your word and the Holy Spirit helping us. Thank you for all those who have gone before and taught and helped us so that we can understand. And we thank you for the time that we can just discuss these things with the brethren. Thank you for giving us a church to go to and where we uh, know the Bible is the Word of God and we're able to learn without having it corrected or punted, literally kicked across the stage like that video Brian showed me earlier or yesterday. And so much, so much craziness going on in the name of God today. So thankful to have a church family and uh, Thankful for what's ahead of us. We're about to be raptured out of here and be in your presence. Be among the saints, surrounded by the angels in the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We cannot wait. Thank you for the wonderful promises that you've given us because we know your promises are sure. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, let's sing about Jesus loving us.
stand up if you can. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen? Go ahead and lead us off. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.